Hey, hey, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called Insecurities. I don't think any of us have insecurity until people call us into question. So let me get into that and so much more. Thanks for joining, guys. So why is that, that we don't really have insecurities about ourselves until someone makes us feel less? My mind travels back to college. I'll never forget this instance, and it was such a small little fleck of a moment, but it imprinted in my mind forever. Um, It just changed the way I saw how people saw themselves. Um, So it's strange to even explain it, but because I'm never somebody to judge how somebody else looks, ever. (laughs) I mean, I don't care what you look like. Um, it has zero relevance in terms of my relationship with a person. But what was interesting was like, sometimes you can't, there's some things that you can't not notice. It's like, you're lying to yourself if you just say you don't even see it, right? I mean, if I walked into a room and my eyes were purple, it stands out. It's different, right? (laughs) You would see it. Not to say that there's anything wrong with it, but you notice it. So this one girl in particular, she had the yellowest teeth that I've ever seen in my life. Now, there's so many reasons why people, people's teeth are all shades, right? (laughs) And like, today's society is really wild. Like people will whiten their teeth until they're like transparent and don't even look normal. You know, I actually saw somebody that had like a blue tint almost to their teeth recently because they had whitened it to such a degree. So this was like, you know, at a time in history when things were just pivoting to everybody using whiteners and um and so they did stand out as quite yellow and you know like everybody has different shades and it doesn't even mean that they're not clean or brushed it has you know probably nothing to do with that doesn't mean they're necessarily stained teeth or like tarnished in some way and it should be something to be ashamed of her teeth just happened to be quite yellow and it had been something I'd noticed. Um, and it's funny how when you notice something about someone, sometimes your mind goes like, you know, I kind of did think, I wonder if she's a big coffee drinker or wine drinker. Like it actually had popped into my mind because it was just so dramatic in a sense. But, um, you know, that's it. I just, I had taken note of it. But um, so one day she walked into the classroom And she was like horrified. And she said, I can't even believe what just happened. Somebody made a comment about how yellow my teeth are. And she had honestly never had an awareness of her teeth being any more yellow than the next person's. Even after it was called into question, she kind of was like, she was asking us to back up the fact that she felt so strongly that this was crazy and absurd. And I can't believe this. And in that moment, when I was asked directly from her about her teeth, there was a moment of like really feeling uncomfortable first off in the conversation because I would never comment on the way somebody looks. And yet here I was being asked for an honest opinion about something I had taken a mental note of. Um, And she really wanted to know, is this how people see me? Like, that seems crazy to me. I mean, talk about a choice in a moment in time. So here are my options. I'm not truthful. 
but I allow her to continue to have her confidence that this person was crazy, (laughs) you know, and that it was not grounded in any truth, even though I believed it, there was truth in it, you know, or so it's like, you know, be totally honest on the other hand and hurt their feelings and make them insecure about something about themselves that maybe she couldn't even change or didn't care to or was comfortable. She was clearly comfortable already with herself and not having that be on her radar is anything that needed to be fixed or changed or, you know, who's to say that that's, it's better to be more white than yellow. I mean, <laughs> it's just so crazy. But in that moment, I felt like a deer in headlights for a moment because I was like, how do you, how do you maneuver this? I'm a very honest person. You know, I'm the person that if you have food in your teeth or your shirt, you know, your skirt flipped up and tucked into your underwear, I'm going to tell you I'm your girl. <laughs> I gotcha. And I'm not going to make a scene about it. I'll discreetly just fix it for you if I can, you know, or like off to the side, like I am, I'll take care of you there. So boy, was this like a moment of like, oh my gosh, what do I do with this? I know I had seen it before. I know I had thought it before and questioned it in my own mind of like, just my mind went down a place of curiosity about it. And now she, but you know, what's funny sometimes when people are really fired up about something, they get to rambling a bit. <laughs> she was a bit on a rant. She asked it, but almost rhetorically, because then she quickly went on to defend the fact that her teeth are so fine and and she never really paused for an answer. So I, I think there was probably three or four of us around that kind of in a bewildered state, just let her go with it and be completely shocked and whatever. But here's the thing. So when we talk about insecurities, somebody if somebody's already secure and completely unaware or something, then where, how do you ever come to the place of insecurity? I don't believe that something like a comment like that could create an insecurity. Unless, like I think we are only affected when we believe a fleck of what we're hearing. Because if on some level inside, you yourself had always thought or wondered or you know, had a little bit of you that was, you know, not feeling good about something. And then someone points it out. It brings it all to the surface, right? It makes it real. Um, I've talked in a past episode about this in a sense that, you know, I mean, if someone comes at you and says like, you know, your the spikes on your back are crooked. Well, uh, what? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you laugh it off. If the haters, you know, on your social media are telling you that, you know, they hate your hot pink hair and your hair is blonde. <laughs> you know, you'll walk away from it and go, what are they taking? <laughs> you know, what are they on? Something's wrong with them. And you know that because you have so much confidence in the fact that their words held absolutely zero value. Our insecurities pop up when there's already something, a little shred of something in there that someone had already rattled in us or that we had already not quite liked about ourselves, or, you know, we had on some level when they said it, it felt like, yeah, there's possibility in there that that could be a thing. If you think there's no possibility of any truth within the words, they roll off you so easy. It like sticks to you like glue when you think, huh, I never thought about that in myself, but man, I guess that is a little true. Like, I guess there might be a little something in there. 
So that's where like one, be careful with your words because you could very well create an insecurity in someone else. I'll never forget, actually, this is another college story, but this one had to do with myself creating it, like an insecurity within me. There was a kid that lived in the dorm next to me. And I remember him saying to me one day, something to the effect of a line, there was an, a line on my forearm of all places, like a crease in my forearm. <laughs> I don't know what it was. But um, he made it sound as if I was overweight and that line was somehow like a, I don't even know. Now listen, when anybody goes to college, you're already worried, what is it, the freshman 15 or the whatever it is that they always say about how you put on a little weight. No doubt I gained a little weight when I first went to college. Um, I was an athlete in high school, so I was always in practice, running hard, working out. Um, also, <laughs> I, might, I just feel like, you know, so I could get away with eating the garbage at that point in my life and I would quickly work it off. My metabolism was working great for me. Um, and also like when you have dinner on the table, when your dinner's gone, that's it, you're done dinner. Well, in college, when it's like a buffet every night, you know, if you're done dinner, then you might like, we were grabbing cookies and bagels to go to class. Like we would just eat whatever, whatever and mount or whatever. We would just <laughs> constantly filling up on like sugary sodas. Now, when I was growing up, my parents didn't even allow us to have soda. I mean, if we went to a, an occasional restaurant, maybe, yeah, we'd have a glass, but like in the house, it was not there. But in college, we, every time I went by the cafeteria, I filled up with a, a big sugary soda and or a chocolate milk to take with me to my next class. So no doubt there was a part of me that was out of shape compared to my normal. But mind you, I was still a very slender person. But his words, I remember it shaking me. And I mean, yeah, I had gained weight and I wasn't at my ideal weight. I wasn't really making healthy choices. I mean, it was, there was some gift in hearing those words because it certainly made me go, oh gosh, are people seeing me that way? Like the same way that I'm like kind of <laughs> on some level already aware that I'm not making the best choices and whatever, but people are noticing this, but this line in my arm was ridiculous. I don't even know what that was about, but, um, <laughs> but I've heard people like, I actually had a patient one time tell me her husband wanted her to have the three diamonds. I was like, what are the three diamonds? When you put your legs together, a diamond above the thigh, below your crotch area, one between the knees, and then one like between your ankles, like these diamonds that when, if your legs are together, you should see these holes. If you don't see the holes, you're overweight. What? I will never forget this. She was the most tiny woman. I, I, rem I mean, she was like a size two. And she was always insecure about her weight, always trying to work out and do all these crazy things to like shape her body better, to create three diamonds for her husband's eyes to be satisfied that she weighed the right amount. Like my mind was blown. <laughs> How could, uh, This doesn't even feel like real life when you hear some of these things sometimes. You know, I just... Uh, and to say it to somebody that you love and adore, be careful with your words. Even if it's a preference of yours, when you speak it out loud and give it life, it can create all kinds of insecurities in someone you love. And it's like, especially around weight, boy, ooh, such a tough topic. But we're all working on ourselves constantly. So you pointing it out doesn't necessarily like 
help the situation. You saying what you prefer. I mean, I think every woman knows what a, like most men prefer. And even sometimes to the opposite extreme of like saying that you prefer a little more weight in the butt or in, you know, whatever. Those aren't helpful either. Like we are who we are. Like when we all could just grasp that and let it go and not comment on the appearance of a person. Now, insecurities go so much deeper than just about appearance of a person. But man, now listen, when I was a freshman in college, like this is what's really wild about it. No, it was my sophomore. Actually, it was my sophomore year that the comment came. And it was my sophomore year that I all of a sudden like was like, nope, I've got to go back to doing all these things. So I remember I joined crew. Oh my gosh, you want to talk about a sport that'll build some muscle? Holy cow. My very first crew race ever they threw me on like I don't know that there's like a JV and varsity level at the college it was just like the experienced crew people um they needed one more seat filled and I got to be the person pulled up from the you know I think there was no freshman were there freshmen maybe there were I feel like I was in the youngest group there um as a sophomore but either way I just or no my freshman year I don't think crew was a sport at my school maybe my sophomore year it was. At any rate, I had zero experience really with crew at all. And, um, but I was chosen to be that, that extra like underclassman seat on the boat. I'll never forget. I wanted to jump off that boat so bad. So our very first race ever, and this was like my first experience with any kind of competition in the sport was on the head of the Charles. And holy cow, like, I don't know if I've told this story before, but it's hilarious. I wanted to jump in. Like I could, in the sport of crew, one man cannot decide to bail at all. Like if you can't just give up and be like, I need a pause. My muscles can't do this. Cause guess what will happen? The oar will like label you out. <laughs> it's crazy. Cause as everybody else continues to go, there's like a rhythm that you have to keep up with my body almost just failed on me. Like I was like, oh my God, if I dive out of this boat, I will be, well, first of all, gross swimming in the Charles, but also I will be on the five o'clock news tonight. Like girl jumps out of boat in the middle of, oh my gosh, it crossed my mind. I kid you not. But uh, at the same time, I went back to all my martial arts work. Uh, I think I told you guys this before. I was training for the world games that were in Italy and like, Oh, I was doing all this crazy stuff to work out and get in good shape. And, you know, I don't know how much of it came from a place of insecurity or that, you know, that little comment that he made that like just rubbed me the wrong way. Or, you know, there was other things going on in my life where I felt like, I don't know, I couldn't control, but I could control that. So I definitely went all in on like trying to turn it all around for myself. I did it in a healthy way. Don't get me wrong, but many people don't. Um, you know, and even just like turning to exercising because of someone else's comment isn't necessarily healthy. You know what I mean? Like the driving force should not be based out of an insecurity or, you know, trying to please somebody else. So in that sense, maybe that initial driving force came from a bad place, but I did it in a healthy way, as I was saying. And I definitely, um, <laughs> I was probably in the best shape of my life not long after that. Um, and I just think to myself sometimes, though, how funny it is that something such a stupid comment. And even then, like the line on my arm had nothing to do with my weight. I think it was a crease from the way I had been like 
holding my arm or whatever from my, my clothing or whatever. <laughs> it wasn't like a, a big giant fat roll, you know? But even if it had been, like, I don't think that that was what landed so much as like the awareness that people were even noticing weight. Like when you go up, I don't know, maybe I was just because weight wasn't an issue for me as I was younger. If anything, I was always sort of teased for being too skinny, knobby need, you know, whatever, because I was so skinny as a kid. Maybe it was just like the fact that people were noticing my weight again, you know, brought up older insecurities around that stuff. You can't change so much of that. Like, stop trying to, really. <laughs> That's my motivation for today, just to like inspire you to not even let that stuff roll. But I come, I come back again to where is it rooted in you that it should even matter? Like, was there a little nugget from your childhood that it's bringing and stirring back up to the surface? Was it like your own reflection in the mirror one day and it, it bothered you the way you looked? Because why? We would never have it bother us unless, you know, society already had placed an expectation or a, you know, <laughs> this is where the modeling industry gets to me a little bit because unfortunately it almost sets like a standard, <laughs> it's so dumb, like an, a very obviously unrealistic standard, but it also just sets like, like if tomorrow all models, all people in ads or whatever favored, you know, a heavier weight or short people or whatever, like darker skin or what, you know, if it just all of a sudden the image of like the norm on the cover of Vogue magazine or whatever, it just looked so different. You know, if it, if it suddenly instead showed like beautiful images of people who have like risen up, you know, like people who have lost their leg in a bombing and then they like won a race like and that's what like inspired us I just wonder if like if that was what we were seeing as wow look how beautiful this person is look what they made out of this mess and then we could feel like oh, I want to be like that then all of a sudden that's what would be trending is everybody trying to show that they could overcome their stuff That'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, if only, right? Like, oh. and I get that there are magazines, there are uh, companies that are really pushing to try to do this, but it has to be that we also grow like a tougher skin and, and also like um, figuring out that if we don't believe anything that we hear from others about it. We only believe that whatever they say is a reflection of their own situation, their own insecurities, and let everything pe other people say roll because we know in our hearts that we are our best selves. I mean, it has to come from a place of, first of all, doing your best because if you're not, like, okay, so let me put it this way. I, this morning, had the worst breakfast on earth for myself. Ugh, I tried, I struggled, anyway, failed. So if somebody were to comment today on my weight, oh my goodness, I would be hurt because there's so much truth that I could feel because I know I wasn't doing my best and consequently they could be right. Now, if this morning I had had a very nutritious breakfast, you know, some egg white omelet with veggies and, you know, whatever. If I had had some kind of super healthy thing, 
and I was, and had just like, you know, parked far away when I dropped my kids off. So I had to walk a distance and done all the right things to like, you know, not be lazy and eat right and all that stuff. And then somebody commented on it. I don't know that it would bother me at all. I kind of think I'd be like, <laughs> really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think it'd be easier for me to be like, I don't care. I think that I only get a little bit like torqued up about things when I'm already kind of like feeling guilt or shame around choices I've made. So in terms of like how to build up that like armor around other people's opinions, I think it really has to come from first, you know, getting rid of your own insecurities through doing all the right stuff. If you're already doing your personal best, making all those best changes to, you know, really get there, even then, like if you're not adding up to the standard, it's easy to be like, I don't care. That's not me. That's not my genetics. That's not whatever. It bothers you if you hear those words and, you know, you're already thinking, shoot, I'm not doing that good lately. I gave in at the, you know, county fair and ate the fried dough. I like didn't get out of bed and go for my walk I wanted to go for because I was too tired and wanted an extra hour of sleep. And, you know, instead of like, swimming with my kid, I chose to be lazy and sit in my lawn chair and, you know, drink a cocktail. Well, yeah, then sure, if you're, all those things have already stacked up and then someone comments on what they're seeing with their eyes as a conclusion to like, you know, or a um, consequence of all those actions, it hits home and it hits hard. So the easiest way to tough skin is by starting with doing all those right things because then it's kind of like, if you're doing all those right things and then still people don't like the way you look, I have thick skin when it comes to that. Like, tell me you don't like how I look or like, you know, cause I mean, I've had people point out parts of myself I can't change. Like, like for instance, what if somebody pointed out your nose or your, you know, the shape of your eyes or something that is not changeable, right? Again, it won't hurt if it's fundamentally you, like this is you, this is how you are made, this is not a changeable fact, unless somewhere in your history, somebody or some, um, you know, society made you believe that that equals less than. Who's to say, you know, a tiny nose is better than a huge nose? Who's to say that a certain shape of your eye is more beautiful than, a, you know, uneven eyes like it's weird right like it's probably only because like we've seen somebody that in our own eyes we thought wow they're so beautiful and then we've set like a standard or something like well if I think that's what well, why do you think it's why like question yourself why do you think that's beautiful you know and more now than ever before I'm starting to really look at beauty on a different level I do not think that everybody that, you know, outwardly has this quote unquote perfect appearance is beautiful. Like I really, really gauge everything on the inner beauty first. And if you don't have that, forget about it. They can look so unappealing to me. And that is just personal growth, you know, because truly that's what we should be looking at in terms of beauty. Because who wants to be around a person that's not good at heart, that isn't kind and giving or 
like sometimes I've seen somebody and I thought, oh, how beautiful. And then they open their mouth and within seconds, I'm like, oh gosh, what did I ever know? And then actually there's, this is what's really wild. Then their physical beauty goes down a lot in my mind. It's weird, right? So just to watch how they talk, what the, you know, all of that, like, listen, like truly listen to the message they're conveying. Are they kind and sweet and gracious? Are they humble or are they, you know, like, hey world, look at me, I'm awesome. And like, you know, saying disgusting things and being rude to others and, and not being, you know, I don't know. You can just tell, right? You can feel that when you're in the energy of somebody who's like not good. <laughs> not good. You know what I mean though? Like not good energy is, is ick. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> I'm going to take a break on that note. Keep in mind, all of you, <laughs> be good energy and then you'll be beautiful. All right. So after this, when you come back, we'll get into some more on the topic. Don't go anywhere, guys. I created the Facebook group that I have for grieving soulmates out of a place of understanding having lost my own love and wanting to create a safe space for everybody to connect to others having been through similar journeys to their own um, and I couldn't have even imagined how wonderfully supportive and helpful the group has been and it just continues to grow and I'm so very proud of it. So if you want in on this group and think you might be able to benefit from the support of others, as well as myself, who I coach in there weekly um, and also put up value posts and, you know, we all are just supporting each other with information from what we've been through. So if you want to grab your invite to join, hop over to the description of this podcast and I'll leave a link there for you. All right, guys, back to the show. Oh boy, I've just been blowing through this podcast today without even so much as taking a breather. <laughs> well, I don't know why, but I think this is just such a hot topic for me. It just, it bothers me when people who are so beautiful, like, and as I was saying before the break, beautiful to me is like inside, good stuff. And of course, like, you know, it's a, it's like a package deal, right? Like the outside will reflect what's on the inside. And so it's like when you meet somebody who's just such good energy and so easy to see their beauty. So listen, so when people tell me I can't change these things about myself that people are seeing and telling me that is not beautiful, just remember this. It's in your control how beautiful your insides are. If you can make that just you know, absolutely gorgeous. Guess what the world's going to see? They're going to see that gorgeousness inside you. They're going to want to be in your energy. They are going to want to be around you. People will be drawn to you like a magnet because that is so stunning. You know, a person that is just like, boy, they just radiate this great, you know, outlook on things. And they are just, you know, a ray of sunshine. We all know somebody who's like that. My husband used to always say, and I've said this in past episodes, but because he cracks me up so much, that like the true beautiful people are like the people that just walk around farting rainbows. But it's true because like it's like there's nothing that comes out of them that doesn't just radiate beauty. They could do anything. Um, And those are people that, you know, everyone could say, oh, yes, well, that's this inner beauty. It's not the same thing. I'm going to be judged by how I look. But I don't know that I buy it, guys, because I know me personally 
I see beauty when I see the good people that are like, there is a guy in our neighborhood who is one of the most beautiful people I know. He's in his 90s, I'm pretty sure, or late 80s, <laughs> right? I think, yeah, late 80s probably. But when I see him, he's like, he's so beautiful. He, I want to be around him all the time. So listen, the, the people that you want to attract into your life that are good people, they're going to be attracted if you start with the inner work of being beautiful yourself. There are also people who I have met in my life that are like, I mean, the model faces of like these eyes that are piercing and all the muscles and then they spew out the most ridiculous I I just can't even tell you how repelling that is not only do I not want to look at you any longer but I don't want to be within like a hundred foot radius of you you know I don't want your bad mojo rubbing off on me (laughs) and these are people that you know would be on a magazine cover and sell millions I don't know why Clearly, it's because in a magazine, you don't have to listen to them talk. (laughs) Because I would much rather see some elderly person who is just so stunning on the inside that, like, you can't help but want to be around that, right? Think about that. Like, if that's what you're attracted to, that's what the world's attracted to. We just don't even, we don't know any better because we see this face on a magazine and we just have this assumption in our mind that... This is some like beautiful person. They're probably not. (laughs) They're probably not. When that package happens and somebody is just stunning on the inside and the out, oh, now that's a gem. That's a gem. But it is like, you know, again, it is a gem no matter what you look like on the outside. It's equally shiny, right? It's just like the standards, like it's whatever in your own mind too, which is what cracks me up because like, I know plenty of people who prefer a lot more curves and I, I know plenty of people who prefer a stick figure and I know plenty of people who prefer a heavier top half and a skinnier bottom half and vice versa. Like it is all over the map, guys. You are somebody's ideal looking beautiful person. So just know that. Like, first off, let's put all that aside when we're talking insecurities. You have exactly what someone has on their checklist of what is beautiful because their experiences are their experiences, right? They might think that, like, I love a big bottom (laughs) because I think that is beautiful. And you could have grown up thinking, I hate my big bottom because it's like, you know, I I can't fit in the jeans that I love. And that could be why you think a big bottom is not attractive. It's just like, it's all stories, guys. The reality is you are someone's cup of tea, but not even because of what you look like on the outside, because of who you are on the inside. So just live up to that. Live up to that expectation or hope. Be the person that everybody gets excited when you come in the room because they're like, oh, the good the good stuff's here, right? Like, I have so many people in my life like that. I'm so blessed that there are so many people that I'm like, oh, I just feel good when they're around because they're good people. They're good energy. It's just a shame that so many people have now had so many you know, comments, haters. Social media gives people a nice platform to hide behind, by the way. Let's just say that. Oh, man, if only people could have to stand and look somebody in the eye to say to their face the things that they're so boldly saying online. And I don't get that. Like, 
who are you? Like, and I, the whole like climbing by tearing others down, I don't get that either. Like, dude, if I have, if it's going to take me climbing over you to get to that mountain peak, you better bet I'm at the bottom trying to hoist you up. Like, I, no way. There just doesn't even make sense to me. Like, you know, like if everybody else feels like garbage about themselves, that's going to make you feel better. You know, I don't even know, like, do we think through our actions? What benefit, let's go back to that original story, what benefit did that person that said something to her about her teeth, why on earth did that come from, like, I mean, because, right, like I said, I noticed, I have a filter, <laughs> we all do, like, why, what benefit comes from saying it out loud, or the, even the curiosity, or the noticing of something that's different or off, or whatever, like, why? I mean, that thought that crossed my mind has zero to do with her beauty. I mean, it has nothing to do with anything. It just popped into my mind, probably because I had just seen an ad on TV for some, you know, what is it, the um, coal or whatever that they use now to try to whiten their teeth, the black. You know, I probably just saw some crazy commercial that, like, advertised the, the craziest white teeth. And then I saw, like, she passed. Like, who knows what triggered the thought that very day. Or, you know, maybe she was wearing some kind of bright red lipstick where it made, you know, the or the teeth just didn't look, you know, who knows? There must have been something that, like, sparked it because I don't really care about that. So I know it wasn't, and it was clearly not anything that made me think of her looking worse or whatever. It was just an observation. And I think my curious brain always, like, wonders <laughs> with certain things. Like, even now, my kids, it's funny. When they were babies, they had the most sparkling white teeth. And then those little baby teeth fall out. And the teeth are more yellow. And every time I go to the dentist with my kids, I ask the dentist because I'm curious. I'm wanting to make sure my kids are brushing well. And every time I'm reminded that that is normal, that is typical. Baby teeth are always more white. And it has to do with, I don't know, is it the dentin or something? Ugh, I don't remember. I know that I am careful when I say it, though, to not ask about the whiteness of the teeth in front of my kids. Because guess what? <laughs> Here's where the insecurities start from. It could have been something as simple as a parent's concern or a question about it that then made this story develop in a youthful child that my teeth are not good enough. And I do have one kid who sits there and brushes crazy long. And I think it's because, so my, my oldest, when he went through the phase of like the shiny white ones falling out and the new ones coming in more yellow, he didn't like it. He was, I remember him being like, well, what the heck? He, like, my teeth were so shiny and white. Like, what is this? And um, so my little one watched his experience with it. So then as his teeth started to fall out, he was then like, oh, no. Like, this, I don't want mine to be like that because my brother has now identified that as bad. So he brushes like a maniac to the point where it'll be late. And I'm like, your teeth are so shiny and clean. You've done such a good job. Come on, let's go. You know, and then... All it takes is like one little comment one day, like, so one day their dentist appointment was after school. No opportunity to come home, brush your teeth, make sure they're all clean when you go to your dentist. So the dentist office made a comment about the gum line and needing to brush better there. And now all of these little things were like connecting. I could see the, I could see it happening before my eyes of this little brain twirling with like, oh, I haven't been doing a good job. That's why my teeth look like this. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't think I was going to be talking so much about teeth this episode, but <laughs> it's an easy thing to like kind of see where people could just get so twisted. It's so wild. 
Like, in in all honesty, when was the last time you looked at somebody and were like, oh my gosh, but their teeth. <laughs> I mean, especially if you really know the person. You don't even, I've never even noticed. Like, I probably have friends that have braces and I've never even realized. Like, I guess I just kind of, a long while ago, let all the looks thing kind of just roll out the window because, I don't know, I don't want to be surrounded by people who just have inner suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Oh man, what and it is it's an energy suck and drain. It literally is to be around people like that. So I've just really kind of reduced my my favorite people to those that have this shining inner beauty. So yeah, call me a, like a snob because my only friends are beautiful, but they are they're shining from the inside out. I'll tell you right now and I hope that for you. I hope that you start paying attention to that stuff. And I'm not saying people that are really negative or whatever you have to cut them out of your life. You know, but maybe, you know, who you're surrounding yourself with, it does rub off on you and it does reflect on you and and it creates insecurities in you. If you have somebody who's creating insecurities inside you, I mean, certainly evaluate that. Have a conversation with them, you know, let them know how you're feeling before you decide to just cut ties. But, you know, I mean, especially I say that because I've recently heard some people talking about how friends have said some really, really like harsh things and their immediate responses, I'm just cutting them out. And there is a big push and wave of that happening right now. Or like, I don't need this. I'm letting it go. Well, you know, if you're friends with somebody at some point on some level, you connected, bonded, had experiences together. So just, you know, look, look to those things and let that make it not so easy to just cut them out but instead make it a reason to have a conversation and communicate about it, you know? And, and I think sometimes we don't even recognize our own, like, you know, the comments we say, or like, I remember in an early episode talking to you guys about the misinterpretation of what can be said and how, you know, I said one thing with an inflection in my voice, meaning one thing, but as we always hear things as we are, not as they are. Thank you. Uh, Anais Nin. So, that coming into play a bit, it could have just been a miscommunication. So cutting off those relationships that are old and deep, um, you know, be careful with that because I've had people do it to me and it's terrible. And I, you know, not even having an opportunity to defend yourself or explain. Um, we had friends that probably three or four times we had big falling outs with. Um, and this particular friend was big on just like, that's it. I'm done. You're out of my life. And almost every time she had misinterpreted a situation, actually, I think every time that's kind of what led to it all. Um, and it, you know, she would even outwardly say, this is sort of just how I do life. I don't have the time and the energy for people who are not like on board on my team, whatever. And so the second that her perception was, you must not be on my team uh, because of something you just said, instead of communicating with dear friends, she would cut him out. And I knew this. Um, she had communicated that to me, that that's how she was. <laughs> um, so I, you know, gave forgiveness so many times for it. And, and then, you know, eventually I think it just hit the point of like, we stopped looking for the, you know, reasons to reconnect and just, it sort of fizzled out. But You'll know, I mean, but at least give it the opportunity of talking it through and try not to be so cold that you just shut a door in someone's face um, and you don't know what they're dealing with, you know? So maybe they did say that really rude, insecure, cruel thing or whatever. 
And maybe it just came from they had the worst day of their life. You just never know, you know? And if they are a true friend, you should at least reach out, check in, make sure that everything's all good. And I mean, and then you can see for yourself if it was truly just a mean-hearted, mean-spirited shift in them. There's different seasons in life for everybody. You know, maybe your season of being close with them has passed and they're heading in a different direction than you are. But at least make the effort, you know. Good friends are hard to come by, so. (laughs) Yeah, so guys, wow. All over the place today, right? But insecurities is a big thing. It's just... We all have them. And I th- I just believe if in the absence of like our life experiences, one is a big one, you know, because that's created sort of a backdrop. And then all it takes is a little sprinkle of somebody's insensitive comment, um, you know, and suddenly we can be calling into question our very selves. That's another thing. Just think if people are making comments about the way you look, have they even gotten to know you? You know, are you still that surface level with this person? Because if they really knew your inner beauty, I don't believe they'd be commenting on an outer flaw. Seems kind of ridiculous, right? Or the person's ridiculous. So, <laughs> woo! <laughs> it was fun today, guys. I really do like inspiring and I like getting into the tough topics and insecurities is up at the top because. You know, these days it's sadly leading to teen suicide and um, and just not just teen suicide, but people, there's a lot, the hurt, it can cut so deep. And like those of us that are lucky enough to have had upbringings that gave us really broad shoulders. Um, you know, growing up, my mom and dad told me I was beautiful all the time. You know, they like, they saw me as a model. They saw me as like, but they also commented on my inner beauty and they let me know that they thought I was a good person and a hard worker and they were proud of me. And when you hear that and that's at the backbone of your upbringing, it lets things roll off you a lot easier. Not everybody has that. Not everybody was blessed with that. And if your upbringing was of a different variety and you were left to feel not enough, to feel like, you know, you could be always doing better, um, that, you know, anything was just, some part of you was just not enough and it was in lack. Then you grow up with that as like your foundational belief. And I don't want that for you. It's time to like, you know, shed that. (laughs) We're just knowing in your heart that that wasn't about you. That was more likely about your parents, you know, in this whatever standard they had set for some perfect whatever, you know, um, just not about you at all on any level. And so you are enough. And I guess that's the message I wanted to get across clearly today. The insecurities, it's time to like, let them go, shake them off, be so confident in who you are because it's beautiful and the world needs you. That's why you're here. (laughs) So find that thing, get out there and do it and just shed your beautiful light everywhere you go. Be beautiful inside out. I'm in your corner rooting for you guys. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast episode today. And I hope you catch me on the next one. All right. See you later.